Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Asian Blokes Podcast, a podcast where we talk about Asian pop culture, films, TV shows, comic books, anime, music, food, video games, whatever we're feeling at the time. Really, my name is Dan with the H, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Harvey. Hello, Harvey. Hello, Dan. You are saying that you were... Um you're pretty tired before. I think we just come fresh back from New Zealand. Yes. Well, that, that episode has been released oh, by no. now. That probably won't be released for a while. This is definitely yeah, going to be released. Like but chronologically speaking, <laughs> yes, we are back from our New Zealand trip. Uh, yeah, mm. I posted a couple of stories. You might have seen uh, oh, yeah, a couple yeah. of them. Uh, if you are following us on Instagram, which you can do at Two Asian Blokes, if you feel like it. Yeah, you and I both got screwed on our flights back. Oh, man. Jetstar, man. they got to lift their game. You must. <laughs> and not, not just us, everybody in our party that had purchased a Jetstar ticket got Something. screwed in some way. <laughs> I was surprisingly jet-lagged from fucking traveling back from New Zealand. What man. was your flight again? You went from Queenstown uh, to I, Auckland? Queenstown to Auckland, Auckland to Melbourne. How long was your layover? Uh, two hours, which oh. is surprisingly short yeah. because... Um, you got to go well, one of your shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of our friends did warn me of a long walk to international, and they weren't kidding. It was quite a walk. Uh, it was only until I got to the international area that I saw there was a fucking bus transfer that was free. I'm like, you bastards. Like, why is this not more obvious when there's, like, so many people? And, yeah, I'm just, like, running with my bags. And, yeah, it was pretty hot most of the time, and it was yeah, hot yeah, in Auckland. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is fucked. So airports are just... Just uh, not a good place to be, uh, and like yeah, I, I don't know. You, I, I used to like going to the airport. Nah, it's just it's just stress. <laughs> like I I do actually like when you sit down and wait for a bit. Like I didn't have time to do that mm. in my transfer because you they I didn't mean, put your yeah. bags through, right? You had to collect your bag. And yeah, then, they go collect my fucking yeah. like a fucking and then go just, check it in again. Yeah, that sucks. Because <laughs> yeah. I had three hours in Melbourne and and that felt short. Right. Oh yeah. Like I had enough time to get some Maccas, but like it did feel shorter than I expected because of yeah, all the I, I barely, yeah, I barely had time to get Maccas because I wanted to charge um, my phone and stuff. Mm. But yeah, I didn't really have time. But it was all right. Just you know, watch the movie on the plane, and it was surprised. The flights felt surprisingly short, mm. which was good, and they were actually <laughs> pretty. Surprisingly comfy as well. Yeah, yeah I, so. I purposely chose an Indian film because I know they're long. So <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, it's a good way to spend three hours, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my my laptop doesn't last that long, but I managed to squeeze managed to squeeze in a movie, um, and read a little bit on the plane. So it wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this movie that we're going to cover has nothing to do with New Zealand. Nothing to do with nothing. Um, this is a random choice from us. I guess there is an airport <laughs> in this movie. Oh yeah, movie. true, true. true. <laughs> so there you go. That's, that's our tenuous connection. <laughs> but uh, yeah, today we're covering uh, an American film, mm-hmm. Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, which is directed by Anna Lily Amapur, mm-hmm. who, yeah, I've recently become pretty interested in her work ever since I think we mentioned her movie back a while ago mm. and we've mentioned we've sprinkled that movie like throughout some of the episodes yeah uh, girl who walks home alone at night fabulous movie yeah it's a good movie great movie mm. yeah then I think 
she did the Bad Batch, which was on Netflix, which I watched as well. Which is uh, received a mixed uh, reception. I haven't yeah, seen it myself, it, but pretty polarizing. I hear. Yeah, pretty good first half. Then it kind of loses its way, and maybe its message a bit in the second half. Mm. And she did one of the shorts for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinets of Curiosity, yeah. which was a good one. Good one. Okay. Yeah, and I I'd actually been following this movie for a little while because the reason. I wanted to cover this movie or I was following it is because the, I guess the protagonist is played by uh, John Jong-seo, mm-hmm. who is uh, really well known for her role in Burning, yep. which is her debut. Which is one of our personal favourites. Yeah, really. personal favourites. We have done an episode on it if you want to go back and listen to us gush for yes. <laughs> maybe a little under an hour about a, film, so. a South Korean film. <laughs> yeah, like one of, the, one of the best movies, yeah. And she, I think she's probably one of the, the best actresses working in South Korea, hmm. the best young actresses. I haven't seen anything um, else she's in, though. Yeah, I've seen uh, a couple of, of others. Um, she was in this movie called The Call, which is on Netflix. Okay. Which she plays an antagonist, mm. and she shares the screen with um, Park Shin Hee. Oh yeah, and she does um, she does like crazy pretty well in that movie. Mm. Um, that that movie, it's it's good, but it kind of loses its way <laughs> <laughs> near the end. Well, she does um, crazy pretty well in this film as well. Yeah, yeah, she does. She's she's very well casted in this movie. Mm. So I mean, the basic plot line is that uh, a South Korean like. Patience is just. I think she is North Korean in this film. Oh yeah, you're right. She's North Korean. Yeah, it's revealed she's North Korean. Mm. That's true. Well, that's not really a spoiler. No, I I guess all 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 the crazies are. If you're crazy, (laughs) oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about this film (laughs) spoiler-free generally. But we might talk about the ending. But we'll give a spoiler warning before we do that. Yeah, Um, but yeah, she has kind of like mind control Mm. powers. Uh, she escapes this facility and she runs into um, a stripper, uh, Bonnie, played by Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. and her son, Charlie, played by Evan Witten, who I've not seen in anything else. No. And, um, yeah, there's a cop on their tail, played by uh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson, yeah. <laughs> Craig <laughs> Robinson is in this film. <laughs> yeah. I actually watched um, Pineapple Express before watching this. I watched yeah. the, re-watched this movie and I watched Pineapple Express. Oh, yeah. Two movies in one day with Craig Robinson <laughs> being somewhat of an antagonist. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, surprisingly, for an Annalini film, it's a pretty straightforward movie, mm. actually. It's a... Pretty simple. Um, not not as probably her most accessible movie. It's not mm. as weird. But wouldn't you as, say that the plots anyway of of her films are generally pretty simple? Like a girl walks home at night is pretty straightforward plot wise. Yeah. I mean, like of course there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, um, I think there's a bit more like weirdness in that movie. I would say mm. uh, a bit more like a um, bit more style. And it's also black and white, which is going to turn some people the other way, right, right. which is a surprising thing. Because actually, these days, I quite enjoy like black and white movies. Mm. So I'm always excited when I see a new film that's been shot in black and white. Because mm. um, I've, I've met some friends who are just very starkly against <laughs> black and white. They're yeah. just, just like, can't do it, man. Just can't. Black and white, can't do <laughs> well, it. Well, we watched um, <laughs> Werewolf by Night 
quite recently, yeah, and that, that was quite yeah. good. Um, yeah, but apparently it didn't do very well. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was a bit of a failure commercially. So there you go. I'm, I'm very excited for that Nick Cage um, Nosferatu movie as well. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll probably be <laughs> black and white. I, I think it is black and I've only seen, like, um, production stills of it where he's, like, wearing makeup, but, like, the makeup, mm. because it's done for the purposes of black and white filming, like, the makeup just looks really whack. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, black and white uh, is good. Um, yeah, it's a good stylistic choice. But I would yeah. say this film is pretty stylish in its own way as well. Yeah, this 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 movie is not black and white. Mm. Um, what's uh, immediate to me is the soundtrack to this movie. Mm. Uh, I think the soundtrack is really cool. Very eclectic. Like, it really, yeah, it really stands out. And I think uh, Anna Lily, as a director, has a pretty good like grasp on her music tastes mm. in her films uh she uses like popular music or maybe contemporary music or music that she likes pretty well mm. in her films so it kind of reminds me of like uh i guess maybe early danny boyle how he right, mixed yeah. in like popular music in his tracks Mm-mm. um yes yeah, so i i really thoroughly enjoyed the soundtrack to this movie yeah it's kind um, of like popular music it- it doesn't feel like a background soundtrack. It feels like a part of the film, you mm-hmm. know. Like, uh, and it's not. It's not like fucking Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Or really even things corporate. like even things like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like they have like a pretty good soundtrack as well. But it always feels like it's kind of tacked on. Guardians, I feel like, makes sense because Star Lord. Yeah, yeah. That's like what he grew up with. But like. Uh, I'm not sure if the monthly review is out, but I was talking about Black Adam. How they're just playing. Rolling Stones and Smashing right, Pumpkins, yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, this it's it's good music, but I don't know, man. I feel like it's it's not there. It feels like a corporate decision. Sure, yeah. Um, but with this movie, it's still it feels very much like an Anna Lily film, mm. in terms of her like camera techniques or the aesthetics. She uses a lot of like tracking shots and wide lenses, so mm. it always looks like. The characters are like about to burst through the screen, right? Um, so it kind of gives that very like invasive look. So, I mean, at the start of the movie, where the nurse kind of is like rough mm. with Mona Lisa, she yes. is like very close <laughs> like, yeah. shots of, yeah. of both characters adding so to like the she's kind of yeah, it's very unlikable from the nurse, and then very fierce from uh Jung's Jung-Siu's part yeah, yeah Mona Lisa's part and it's like yeah it's uh it's a pretty cool technique and she likes use she likes doing those shots where like uh characters are reaching into fridges and then like getting something out right. like okay. so that's always there so I that n- happens a lot in the the cabinet episode I, I notice when um whenever Mona Lisa uses her power there's like this kind of like dolly zoom that they yeah, use. Yeah, that's um, like, what's it called? Uh, parallax. Mm. And yeah, yeah it's, just it's a nice little kind of technique to to just add that kind of supernatural yeah. e- element to the to what the viewer is seeing. Because otherwise, it's just like her staring at the yeah, camera. You know? staring, yeah, so it's, <laughs> there's definitely like a a pretty simple story told like with a lot of style, mm. and I think it's told pretty well. Like it's actually pretty easy movie to watch like when i was following the production of it mm. um i didn't know that much but just seeing stills from it like this looks like it's gonna be a 
like a really whack fever dream. Because mm, um, I think it's but, the coloring of it, right? The color, yeah. like this is kind of because it is set in New Orleans, so it's mm. kind of got this kind of neon glow to everything. Everything yeah. looks kind of like technicolor so it's like really moody looking as well without context you could like consider it like quite fever dreamy (laughs) yeah a lot of like strong like color filters a lot of like scenes where characters are like in like blue lights or Mm -hmm. red lights because it like a lot of scenes are set in strip clubs so (laughs) got that kind of like yeah uh the dark Um, lighting it's interesting because on re-watching this movie you kind of wonder who really is the protagonist because Mona Lisa is the protagonist but uh her character doesn't really have as much of an arc as I would say Kate Hudson's character and the kid Mm. um they change a bit more than Mona Lisa right uh Mona Lisa seems to be more of just like the catalyst of change for those two it kind of reminds me of Terminator 2 Mm. you know like They've got the the mom and the child character uh, who have an arc and the Terminator is there just kind of like vibing with the kid, you know, Mm. Uh, and kind of learning to be human from from this kid. But Mm. like you could consider the Terminator to be the protagonist, but of Terminator 2, but you wouldn't. It, it would be John Connor, yeah, right? Yeah, John situation. Connor, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I actually quite like the kid as well. Like, he starts off annoying, but I think that's the point <laughs> of not, that kind of character. He's not the best actor, I think. Yeah, it's true. His character like, is likable enough, I guess. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I was thinking about his acting, and, like, I mean, I don't hate the kid. <laughs> like, I don't hate the um, the character, but, like... I think he could have yeah, used a bit more direction, maybe. Maybe yeah, a few more maybe. takes. But, I mean, I don't know but, how many takes. But, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind the development between the two. It's probably because he's being carried by um, J- J- Jun Jisio. I mean, yeah, Eddie Furlong uh, wasn't great good. in Terminator 2 either, but... He was... <laughs> yeah, just keep killing Because <laughs> yeah, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's interesting that... I wonder if the script was written with someone Asian in mind because on rewatching, there's actually a, a number of Asian characters in this film. Oh, yeah. Maybe like kind of a very very minor character, and one is kind of a gag, which we'll talk about. Oh in yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But like, yeah, uh, I assume Jung Siu's English is probably not the best, so it's a second language. Mm. But I think they probably use that to their advantage in this movie because she has very short bursts of dialogue. Yeah, like the Terminator. Uh, Yeah, like the Terminator. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good good, um, comparison, probably with a lot less killing and a lot less violent. Yeah, Yeah, this movie, um, it's not... Yeah, it's not it's not a very violent movie either. Yeah. It kind of built itself off as kind of being a bit more horror orientated. Mm. I think it in is. Its marketing. I was surprised that it was classified as a horror on IMDb. Yeah, it's it's not really. This movie feels more like a fairy tale fantasy, mm. um, almost like a modern day fable. Really, yeah. Like, there um, are kind of like dark elements, like like the mm. full moon appears a lot in this film yeah, and I think yeah. like it, it's supposed to almost be like a werewolf-like transformation on Mona Lisa's part right like the mm, blood moon yeah. unlocks her her power and then she kind of goes on a like a not a killing spree but like a crime spree I guess yeah a bit of a crime spree <laughs> yeah which brings us to Bonnie Bell's character uh, uh mm. Kate Hudson's character Bonnie Bell I think Kate Hudson 
it's probably my favorite performance in this film. I reckon. Yeah, she does a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she plays the stripper. Oh, my second favorite like... performance. I'm really a big fan of the the friendly drug dealer guy. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about him. Yeah. We're talking about after Kate Hudson's character, okay, but yeah, yeah, she's kind of a down and out uh, strip. Not not really down and out, but single mother. You know, she's trying to provide for her kid with the best way that she can, mm. which is being a stripper. Yeah. And she takes in uh, Mona Lisa because Mona Lisa saves her from being beaten up by some crazy Some skank. <laughs> some... <laughs> the, dude, the dude that plays her boyfriend is like, is almost like a parody of um, lower class... Asian American who wants to be a rapper, yeah, yeah, kind of guy. Well, that couple in general, right, is like that. (laughs) It's a perfect representation of that specific, very specific subset of people. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, and like, yeah, that 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 scene was pretty funny. She's just like. Uh, well, she accuses the boyfriend of looking at at Kid Hudson's ass. (laughs) It's just like this, like pretty kind of realistic fight yeah. <laughs> between the two. <laughs> like, that's probably how a fight in real life would go yeah. about between two women. Yeah, just a so clum- clumsy <laughs> mess of bodies on the ground just rolling over each other. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she basically takes Mona Lisa in mm. and begins to, I mean, yeah, it, she exploits her powers to make money mm. off clients. So she's she's, like, not entirely good but she's not evil either yeah yeah Yeah. she's 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 just a she's a person you know like she's probably do what any number of people who would come across someone with gifts like that as their ally Mm. i mean like most people would say no i'm a good samaritan like nah bro i'm like i'm going up to fucking people i'm getting like (laughs) i'm getting thousands out of your your accounts man like i'm I'm done it's it's kind of like um (laughs) like in the in in rain man like Tom mm. Cruise's relationship with with uh, Dustin Hoffman's character, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, she's exploit- exploiting Mona Lisa, but also she's giving Mona Lisa like uh, a purpose, I guess, and also a roof over her head. So she's kind of mm. justifying that uh, her actions in that, you know, like she's helping Mona Lisa out, and Mona Lisa is helping her out at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Um, Charlie, on the other hand, sees it a different way. As black and more, more black and white, way. right? More black and white. Yeah. yeah, you're talking about the uh, the drug dealer character, <laughs> the friendliest drug dealer you ever find. Probably the more <laughs> interesting, one of the more interesting characters because I think what Anna Lily does in a, a lot of her movies is subvert character expectations. Mm. Uh, so Mona Lisa comes across this drug dealer who looks like. You know, he looks dangerous. Pretty sleazy, dangerous <laughs> drug dealer. Yeah, and he seems like he's going to take advantage of her, and he kind of does and doesn't. Um, I mean, he buys her like cheesy puffs, yeah, which made me get a cheesy puff craving. So, is that I actually a thing? Jesus, that... <laughs> no, no, I was just like, oh, I feel like eating cheesy puffs. Just like <laughs> the, the way she just like just ravaging them. Oh, maybe, maybe. I, so. Yeah, that's true. She does make them look pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're not actually that good. Yeah, but I don't like them. I you get cheese hands after you eat them. I like cheesels better than cheesy what's, chops what's, anyway. What's so. that movie where they eat them with chopsticks so they don't get cheesy hands? Oh, no, I'm thinking of She-Hulk. She does that in She-Hulk. <laughs> um, good show. So, yeah, Mona Lisa. <laughs> uh, a much better 
movie with a female lead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Mona Lisa is yeah, she's the way she eats those cheesy poops. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the dude, it's it because he's like asking her for a kiss and stuff, and he's like halfway between a sleaze, but he actually ends up being like a really nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> but he like kind of helps her out yeah, in yeah. the movie. He's kind, he kind um, of turns out to be more spiritual. Then sleazy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. For people who are familiar with um, De Antwoord, the South African rap group, he kind of looks like the the lead rapper of that <laughs> okay. um, group. That's, you know, if you're familiar with them. Um, I forgot his name. Oh, his name's Ninja. He looks like Ninja from <laughs> De Antwoord. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's not in the movie that much. But, yeah, he's a very uh, kind of, like, likable character. And there's also the uh, the bodyguard guy. He's he's a pretty nice dude. Oh, yeah, the bouncer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bouncer, yeah. There's like a balance of like asshole dudes and nice dudes. Do you think Craig Robinson's character, is, Officer Harold, is a nice dude or a not nice dude? I would say he's a dude who has come up against something that he doesn't understand and wants to be believed so I wouldn't say he's not a he's I don't think he's a bad dude. I think he's a a nice dude who has come across an unfortunate situation. <laughs> yeah, his motivations kind of for, really for wanting to track her down is kind of, he says a couple of times he says something like, you know, she, she shouldn't be allowed to run around with her abilities, you know, like that's not something that mm. a human should be able to do and should be free to do. So mm. I guess he's like one of those people that wants to like police superhero like abilities i guess yeah yeah <laughs> he'd be on captain america's side in the civil war yeah mm. um but i don't i don't necessarily think that makes him a bad guy i think it's just yeah he's struggling to kind of understand and and come to terms with this power yeah cuz she basically cuz he uh, cuz there's like a police call that comes goes out for mona lisa and he comes across her and then she like makes him, like, shoot his, like, kneecaps, yeah, nearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, so he spends the whole movie, like, with a cane, yeah. <laughs> just hobbling, hobbling around. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty funny in this movie, just kind of like he's got this just vendetta. Yeah. Whether or not he believes that he actually does want to arrest her because of her abilities or if it's just, like, a personal thing where you like, I don't, it doesn't yeah. seem personal, though. I think it's more like... He wants to control this thing that seems like it's out of his control. I think it is a bit more personal. You think so? Because, like, yeah, because he doesn't need to go that far. Yeah, to, he like, gets find... pretty into finding her. Yeah. He, like, ends up yelling at Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think he just, wants, he just wants to capture her. Like, yeah. yeah, he, yeah but his motivations kinda... are not, yeah, they're not really made explicit in the film. It's just he really, really wants to catch her. And he, mm. It's funny when he goes to, like, that voodoo lady and he's up for help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the... She just sells him a bunch of snake oil. <laughs> what, what do you think about the omission of uh, Mona Lisa's powers? Uh, not the omission, the um, omission of explanation or backstory. Oh, I think it's... Because you don't really know much. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like, I think there are a lot mm. of things that start off like that. So, yeah, and the movie kind of makes it clear that that's not the focus of the film. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's more about what she's going to do next rather than her past. Because they do mm. kind of, like, touch on her past, but it's always brushed over. 
Uh, yeah. So like. You, well, you explain. You said before, like, yeah, she's North Korean. Yeah, um, like, and you only get that because of a file you see for a split second yeah. or something. Um, so yeah, I think as an audience member, you realize that it's not important to know where her yeah. powers come from. Um, yeah, I, I think so as well. Yeah. yeah, I think I didn't need it as well. I think I just enjoyed the ride, the journey of her character. I think it's a pretty classic, like. Um, story as well like mm, the, you know yeah, the escaped so. kind of gifted person like we've seen mm. it in things like stranger things uh a whole bunch of anime does it as well what's that movie we watched recently kata maybe i can't remember we were talking about it though it was, it's a trope that you know we've seen before some of the criticism for this movie is that its narrative is a little bit undercooked mm. um, because i said it is a very, it's actually a very simple movie mm. um, and not that much happens. But I don't know, when I was watching it, expecting to be in a wash of a fever dream with like, you know, cameras doing 360s and flashing <laughs> strobing lights and, you know, having a, a fit, like uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised at how simple this movie was. Mm. The first time I'd watched this movie, I'd probably come off a string of watching some very, like, uh, I don't know, probably some really depressing movie or some, like, art house movie. So when I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm pretty satisfied with the journey. I'm satisfied with the acts and the climax. It all ends pretty well for everyone. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I like this movie a lot. And I think most of that comes with just, like, maybe the style of the movie. Mm. Um, it's pretty unique. So I really like to see these auteur directors get the chance to kind of put their flair on their films, even on really, like, simple movies that are told pretty well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, it's... Uh, even though even though it wasn't as violent as I had expected, like, I still liked it. Mm. Um, yeah, like, it's funny. You, you mentioned um, Stranger Things just before. Yeah. Like, I wonder if this movie conjures up some similar kind of feels. Because there's kind of a retro feel to this movie. Mm. It could really be set at any time. Mm, mm. Um, there's, not a, there's not a lot of smartphones in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's kind of... It doesn't date itself. I think you can watch this movie really at any time. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, like, narratively speaking, it doesn't have much going on but mm. i think the the visuals like the visual experience of it uh and the performances really do a good job at fleshing out things without explicitly saying much um like the setting you mentioned is is like it's a really good use of this setting this kind of like grimy neon lit um new orleans uh, mm. Like you really get a sense of the sleaziness of it, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and but also the liveliness of it, and the, like the colorful aspects of it, um, and yeah, I think that's like just good to watch as well. And then you get yeah. like the characters. All the characters are fairly interesting. Like mm. um, they have like these little interesting character quirks. Like Charlie, the kid is really into heavy metal. Heavy, heavy metal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, what does he call it? Um, like uh, in his room, he's like, I thought it was. It's um, oh. I thought it was. Mo it's moshing or thrashing. Well, or, we 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 called something. it moshing, yeah. but he he called it something else. Like 
Slam dancing or something? Oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah. I I completely forgot. But, yeah, he is explaining the concept of moshing to Mona Lisa. Mm. Um, I actually really like that scene (laughs) where they kind of connect with each other. Yeah. Which is probably why it's like, yeah, Charlie, the acting is not the best, but, like, I like the sentiment of that scene. Sure, um, yeah. Because I like, I like heavy metal. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I had some corn posters and <laughs> Slipknot posters in my room at, at some point. Yeah. So it, I, I actually find, found Charlie quite relatable, sure, really. Sure, yeah. Like, the, the reason he likes doing it is because he's angry. Uh, and yeah. he's angry because of his situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a, just a really effective way of adding more depth to this kid yeah. character, which, like... I think a lot of other properties that involve kids, you know, they fall short in this aspect. They make their kids a bit too one-dimensional. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, you don't need, they don't need to be. They, they can have feelings and depth. He feels like an organic character, mm. which I appreciate. I feel like it probably comes from a personal story to, like, Anna Lily. You right. know? Probably, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, all those scenes were cool, and I like the... I, I like the kind of, yeah, the basically the John Connor Terminator relationship between the two because she kind of stands up for him against his bully yeah. and it's quite cathartic. Uh, he he basically is kind of gets beaten by a bully at school mm. um, and then she, like, they come across him throwing eggs at their house and then she makes, like, the kid, like, slam eggs on his face. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like this little surprisingly innocent uh, exchange between the two because I think <laughs> yeah. Terminator character, wouldn't have done that. Terminator yeah, would have shot those kids just in the leg. Yeah, that's very. She actually says that a lot as well in this movie. She's like, "Why? Like, do you like people? Like, why?" Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this is probably a bias for my end, but I, I did like. Uh, Jung Seo's performance the most mm. in this movie. She does do a good job. Um, I don't know. There's just something about that actress's look that just she she does these. You can, you can like read exactly how she's feeling mm. with like very small expressions in her face. Mm. She's 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 got a like a face for cinema. I think. Um, I, I just I just keep thinking back to a burning character, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like how well she pos- portrays that character, and then how scary she can be in the call. Yeah, um, okay. and then it's just like yeah, and then in this movie, like when you, you know, you, you kind of see like yeah, this cute girl in cute girl aspect in one point, but then she's quite intimidating <laughs> when she is, and that comes with the camera as well, where she's like you know, basically bursting out of the screen. Yeah. You don't really want to fuck with her at the same time. Right. I think I like that, uh, you know, uh, intensity in her performance. Yeah, she's got range. She's like in this movie alone. She has her mm. softer moments as well. Um, yeah. There's a part in like the, the laundromat, I think, where she's bonding with Charlie too. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And he draws like the Mona Lisa picture of her. Mm, um, yeah. Another interesting character quirk of Charlie's. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's he good at drawing. drawing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just like he likes drawing those kind of like heavy metal style yeah, pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Um, do we want to get into spoilers or? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you haven't watched this film, uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah. Pretty easy to digest, I would say. 
it, it'll probably be out of, out of the cinemas by by the time this episode's oh, released. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in Melbourne, you can watch it at Cinema Nova um, for the one screening a day that they do. Yeah, it'll probably come to streaming. Uh, I would definitely recommend watching it. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I think this yeah. director has definitely got got something to offer. I think support like these newer like auteurs. Yeah, she's got a vision, right? And like she's able to put it onto screen pretty. Yeah. Effectively. Uh, also, a shout out to the cinematographer of this film, too, um, who is Powell Pogorski. Uh, mm-hmm. He's worked in a lot of Ariasta films. Oh, yeah. I'm just having a look now. Oh, no wonder it's got. Ah, oh, yeah. So I think, yeah, a lot of the camera choices that we've mentioned are probably his uh, doing yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? That's right. It does, yeah. This does kind of feel like an A twenty four film. When you think about <laughs> yeah. it. It's got, it's got, yeah. And he did, he did fresh as well. Yeah, which you talked, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Midsummer as well. I think, like, yeah. I think probably he's good at highlighting crazy people <laughs> quite well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there is a. I think there is a shot in this movie where they try to. <laughs> he does the crazy anime shot where they do it's like yeah, yeah, from the yeah. top and it makes it, <laughs> I think they do it with Lisa and it's, it's pretty yeah I'm like oh yeah that's an anime shot yeah yeah no good 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 that you mentioned the cinematographers like uh, a lot of people like uh, screenwriters and cinematographers get left on the on the floor <laughs> and then like the directors just take but uh, Anna Lily actually wrote this one so mm. yeah but like cinematographers usually almost get more of the raw end unless you're like Roger Deakins or something like that. <laughs> then you then you can overtake the director. But um, good film, I reckon. Just yeah, one. no wonder no wonder why this is a good movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks good. It's a good looking film. Yeah, um, there is a point spoilers. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, where um, like Craig Robinson does track down uh, Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. um, Bonnie, I should say. Bonnie and Mona Lisa, and they try to escape the club. And you kind of see uh, Bonnie's, I guess, defense mechanism when she tries because they're caught and cornered. Yep. Um, and she, she tries quickly to throws her. Mona yeah. Lisa under the bus. Yeah, basically, <laughs> she's like, I don't know this girl because you're talking about like her not as a person. That's not like the most moral thing to do. Yeah. But you can't always take that part yeah, she's a survivor she's right? not so. a bad person like i i think she's still like a good person you know i think well. she's just someone who's had <laughs> the circumstances turned that way like a lot of this yeah i mean like robbing people you can't really yeah. excuse that as being and good, I, I think but even like she uses mona lisa to get all the tips when she's stripping right yeah and then like the other dancers get disgruntled at her because nobody is tipping them because like well the customers have no more money and basically and she drives away their business as well because they're like what the fuck is going on i'm out of here uh and so like she seems like a person that doesn't care about consequences for other people i think she probably does but i think in that moment it's just like shit just seems so uh what's the word i'm looking for she can get away with it without much um with a, like, you know, impunity, right? Mm. Like, she can just get away with things without being punished. Right. And, like, you kind of, like, lose sight of that. Like, it's basic greed, you know? Like, she just wants to use her, like, more for than her survival. It's just like, yeah, I, I can actually get the taste of being rich for a change, mm. you know? 
maybe she kind of like lost her way a bit, but you know, she's she quickly learns her lesson when like, you know, Mona Lisa's like, I don't like you anymore. And she just leaves her right. and tries to run away with Charlie. Mm. But um yeah, earlier in the film, uh, Bonnie scams these four guys who I guess are kind of racist because they say Mona Lisa's not their type. So that might be a very subtle theme. Uh, yeah, I well. didn't think of that, but yeah, it could be. There's there's another another little bit of that near <laughs> yeah. the end of the movie. <laughs> but uh yeah, so they they find Bonnie, they basically beat her up and she's in hospital. So at that point, yeah, karma, you know. The stripper says the her colleague says it to her, like karma is gonna get you. Mm. Um, and she kind of bears it all to Craig Robinson. She's like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just a shitty person, you know? Mm. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. It, um, not sad, but it's like, you know, I think that's kind of the big emotional beat for Kate Hudson. It's kind of like to realize that you've walked over the line and probably done more than she should have, you know? Right. But it's a reflection of like who, who wouldn't, who who would or who wouldn't take advantage of Mona Lisa, mm. um, and who really is? Because deep down, we're probably like scumbags. <laughs> but it, it, I think it's also like her neglect of her son as well that yeah. kind of triggers that response. Because mm. like she doesn't really treat him that well in this film. We don't yeah. really get a sense of their past relationship, except that Charlie seems to hate her. Uh, yeah. But also, he loves her. Maybe I don't know. I, I, I think he hates her. I hear he He's resents just, yeah, her angry because at her. she's she's always away. Yeah, and, and that's he due says that to, she like, not being her fault. Yeah, yeah. He says yeah. that she resents him for like basically ruining her life. Like she doesn't get to do yeah. what she wants to do because she has to raise this child, and he can mm. feel that resentment from her, which makes yeah. him resent her as well. But they both don't hate each other at all um which is the arc that they travel well, at the end they don't i guess yeah <laughs> they don't yeah i mean that's just one you know one footnote in their life which involves mona lisa yeah i mean charlie will probably still have another tiff at some point at least he's made a, a drug dealer friend so. yeah <laughs> the drug dealer guy yeah. what, a, what a dude very very very, very he, helpful he gets some pa- yeah he gets some passports makes mona lisa a mixtape <laughs> you know, so teaches what, what charlie how to be cool and confident <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> makes him an Actually, omelet this... of some kind <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why like like very, a fried like, egg or something <laughs> very like sultrily yeah. frozen his, his, his like, apartment is so gaudy as well it's like this, it's like yeah. everything is like black lit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the so people that are like kind of gaudy in this film are actually kind of like nice people, except maybe the the trash Asian people. <laughs> well, even the guy, he just wants to go home, man. And then, like, yeah, it's it's interesting that like uh, Anna Lily would write like I guess the the female character like that, which is maybe like you know kind of on the stereotype of the bitches be cray kind of thing like when she feels extreme jealousy for this other woman mm. and it's like yeah like do you think these characters are kind of not realistically but kind of like realistically in a story world mm. written from like that female perspective because if you watch if you watch um the cabinet of curiosity episodes that she wrote uh-huh. 
she writes some very unlikable women in that really? episode okay. as well, which is, which I found quite surprising too. But well, her her main characters, from what I've seen, tend to be strong female characters mm, mm, and like quite yeah. predatory as well. Um, mm. So I I think she's pretty unbiased, maybe when it comes to yeah, writing I her think characters. So. Yeah. Like she she'll give it out on both ends. There'll be nice blokes and there'll be. Um, yeah, shitty blokes too. And yeah, vice versa for women too. Yeah, because like um, a lot of the, like when um, a girl walks home alone, home alone at night came out mm. and a lot of the, you know, critics were writing reviews and people who were praising that movie, they like call her like, you know, a, a feminist filmmaker. Mm. Um, when I When I watch her movies, I don't, I see those themes, mm. but... I don't see them as grating. Yeah, um, I mean, they're not in your face, right? Yeah, I, think. I mean, like, yeah, not like She-Hulk, as you talked about before. You haven't watched it, so Tony. I, you can't I, say. Nah, man, <laughs> I don't. I don't need. To, I don't need to watch it, man. It's. It's. You, know, you wouldn't get past like, the first episode. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I was watching it with Nat. Oh, were you? Okay. We we we, get, we gave up about halfway through. I tried to be open-minded for a little bit. And it didn't work, and then I went home and had a pretty good sleep. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Anna Lily writes both genders pretty well. Mm. Like, and she subverts your expectation with who you think is going to be like the sleazy dude, and she does that in the Bad Batch as well. Actually, mm. come to think of it, um, yeah, that's a weird movie. Like, I can't really make my mind up about that particular movie either. Um, and yeah. Uh, with that movie as well, it's got like a strong female lead who is also predatory as well. Hmm. Um, I think that's that's a thing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty cool. So I'm happy to see more stuff from her. With Mona Lisa as they travel to the airport and they're escaping, I was actually really invested because for some reason, because it's like it's really common in these kind of art house movies where the main character is going to get killed, and I really didn't want. <laughs> Lisa to get like gunned down by cops, right? Yeah. So, um, but she doesn't. She yeah. actually gets away. Charlie because... does a pretty pretty smart maneuver <laughs> that I don't think I would have thought of. But yeah, I guess he's just got that inner racism that yeah, made sure gonna, it was going to work. So there you go. You gotta you gotta use that inner racism <laughs> sometimes. So that that this scene was really funny. I I wonder I wonder if. I showed this to some people, and they'd be like, "I didn't like that because it's racist." So if you it's haven't like... if you haven't watched this film and you are, <laughs> have so, just stuck around just cause, um, so basically, Charlie and Mona Lisa are at the airport. They've managed to purchase a ticket out of there, uh, but the cops are hot in pursuit. Craig Robinson is is rushing to the airport to catch them. Um, they get to the point where they're about to board the plane. They're in the line to board the plane. But then because of Craig Robinson calling ahead to the airport, uh, police have been put at each gate to check everybody's ID. And And keep an eye out for an Asian woman. An Asian woman (laughs) and a young child. So, uh, yeah, basically Charlie sees this coming, knows that they're about to get caught. So what he does is he says a tearful goodbye to Mona Lisa 
leaves her in the line and runs over to the nearest Asian woman he can find <laughs> and, and just says, help, help, I'm kidnapped. She's kidnapped. <laughs> and quickly all of the cops pounce on them and, and tell this random Asian lady to just <laughs> get step away from the child and put her hands up, uh, which yeah. is pretty clever, I thought. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny. And I don't... See, that's the thing. Like, it is, like, sure, it, you have to have... You have to abide by that uh, kind of racist uh, saying of all Asians look alike, which, you know, maybe might be true sometimes. (laughs) But I can say say that to any other race sometimes. Like, I mean, when I was working in hospitality and I would struggle to tell the difference between some older white women, I'm like, I I think I've seen you. I know you're a different customer. (laughs) But in fairness to those cops, they didn't send a photo ahead yeah they just said an asian woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true uh, but like i i think that i think that works pretty well i think it is pretty funny and then when you see them in the like you know interrogation room or in like the another <laughs> section she's like you know what you can't tell the difference of two two asian yeah, women i, I think that <laughs> it's, it's i feel funny. like that line probably made it a bit on the nose i think that was a bit yeah. unnecessary but uh, uh i thought i thought it was pretty funny i did, I did enjoy <laughs> her <yelling>. protest <laughs> I feel, yeah, I thought the protest was pretty yeah, funny. Like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. I went to Berkeley or something. <laughs> I think, I think, th- I think that's the. Uh, as I was saying, um, this movie seems like it could be set in any time period, really. Mm. But that moment probably brings it more towards like the 2020 side of things. Sure, yeah. To be fair, I, I would be pretty pissed off as well if I was her. I'd, I'd be the same. I'd throw that. I'd throw that card. They can't tell two Asian dudes, man. Fucking. That's you know. true. <laughs> yeah, they're probably busy like, nah, we can't because Asian men are the most expendable uh, people in the world. So that's that's fair. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought that ending was, was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, no, it, it ends pretty well. Like, I was, she she gets away. Um, Kate Hudson learns have, a lesson. Yeah, and Charlie goes back home, and yeah, like. Everything it's Pretty. yeah, it's a, it's quite a fairy tale ending, really. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Probably which, would have been happier living with Mona Lisa, but yeah, you know, I guess going back to nah, New Orleans, he'd, he'd, miss, he'd miss his mum. Yeah, he know. did. He did make the effort to call her, which is why they got yeah. caught in the first place. I mean, like if I was Charlie, I'd go with Mona Lisa just because, like, yeah. Um, it's you know, it's John. <laughs> so I don't think so, that. Yeah. I don't think. Do you think? Do you think their relationship was romantic on either? Nah, end? not 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 at all. No, no. not even on Charlie's so. end. No, nah, I don't think so. I think he just liked Leo as a friend. Yeah. I think it's it's quite a platonic. Yeah. Um, I don't think they would be allowed to make it romantic anyway because of the age difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I didn't feel there was a sense of romance. I think it was just a sense because um, Mona Lisa's character is mentally twelve years old mm. as well. So you know. I mean, who's to say if in the hypothetical path, if they did actually escape together mm. in the future, they'd develop romantic tensions or not. But um, no, nah, not in this movie. I don't think so. Mm. But I don't know. What it, do, you, do you think so? Um, just trying to think back at their interactions. Yeah, I don't. I think if, if the director wanted it to be that, then she would have. There were plenty of opportunities yeah. to make it explicit. Um, it, or not even explicit, but even subtly. I don't even think there was any subtle nods to, yeah, to Charlie's nah. intentions turning I don't, that I don't, way. I, uh, yeah. I don't think it would have taken away from the film as well. It's just like, 
there's that theme of like friendship, you know, just looking yeah. for. Because I don't think she's had a like she obviously doesn't have a friend, being in a yeah, you yeah. know mental asylum and like he's like gets bullied in school and stuff. Like it's a pretty pretty simple setup for like just like friends, you know, mm. um, and basically becoming part of the family right. almost for a bit, but yeah. then. Kate Hudson throws her under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this woman. <laughs> yeah. No, Kate Hudson is, is really good in this movie. She is, I'm, yeah. I've not really seen a lot of her movie. Every time I think of Kate Hudson, rom-coms. I think of rom-coms. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she was, she was pretty good in this film, I think. But I think, I think I have seen her in some other films where I was like, oh, she's like, she's not bad. Like, she's, I mean, she's obviously a good actress. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna have a look quickly if, I, if I've seen anything recently from her. But yeah, she she's she has yet to have like a reconnaissance. I think she's probably underrated. I reckon. I think mm. she just from a string of she's been like a side character a lot. Like I'm just looking at a few movies that she's done recently, mm. and it's like yeah, she hasn't really been the lead. So not since. The skeleton key, maybe. She was or, um, that was her. <laughs> yeah, she was in the skeleton okay. key. I get her mixed yeah. up with a lot of blonde actresses. If yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. honest, uh, you know that uh, Naomi Watts type of character. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think a lot of those actors who were in those like rom com days of the early thousands uh, have been quite like have grown into quite credible actors now. I mean, like. Yeah, her and Matthew McConaughey were in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And I remember seeing the trailer for that movie, like, oh, my God, one of these movies. But, like, now they're both very respectable actors. Sure. Um, And hopefully, yeah, Kate Hudson gets a few more roles. Um, Craig Robinson will probably still just be Craig Robinson. Yeah, he was Craig Robinson in his film. He's going to be Craig Robinson in the next film. (laughs) Um, Craig. Yeah. But it's good to see... Uh, I hope. Um, oh, actually, hmm. Take like your with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Jun Jong Seo's Hollywood debut, if you would call this a Hollywood movie, um, it's one of the more better debuts. Like I, I was gonna say, like I hope this leads her towards more like good Hollywood roles. But then uh, I was backtracking. I was like, why, like. I'd rather her just make more movies in Korea because, mm. like, I think just her being really good in Korea is... I, I, I honestly, yeah. speaking, I think this might be a one-and-done situation. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know, like, if there are many directors or many roles, really, that would call for her talents in Hollywood. I just I just think, like, she's, like, she's a really talented actress. Sure. And she should get a lot of recognition. I think she's um, better... In her native tongue as well, probably. Her her English can obviously improve, mm. um, but yeah, like I think in this film, like her broken English was pretty effective because you know that mm. was her, that type of character. But mm. in a film where like you know more speaking is needed, she might struggle and like it, I mean not struggle, but like it might detract from her performance. Yeah, but there's just so many like yeah Hollywood. Tends to squander Korean actors 
I mean, we're talking about Lee Byung-hun, uh, whose English is quite good. It is quite good. But speaking. yeah, let's just put you in some shittier, shit-ass, like... That's his choices, you know. though, you know? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, I, I don't think he was given much opportunity. And he's, he's spoken out about it as well. Really? I was just okay. like, yeah. He's quite good in the roles that he is given. In, even in yeah. Hollywood, like he's the best part of Red too. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's so. But like, uh, I have this conversation a lot with Boone. I mean, we talked about like Mortal Kombat, uh, mm. how Joe, Joe Taslam, Taslam yeah. and Hiroyuki Sanada are easily the best parts of that movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Hollywood wants to give full Asian leads a lead. Like they have to have some American identity in them, mm. even if they're, like, not that good. Like, what's what's his face? Louis Tan? Is it Louis Tan? Yeah, Louis Tan. Yeah. Um, Henry in Golding, obviously. Yeah. Henry <laughs> Golding's... Uh, Henry Golding's all right. As much as I don't like Crazy Rich Asians, like, and uh, yeah, Henry Golding's all right. He does, he does rom-coms pretty well, <laughs> I think. Um, but I just don't personally like those kind of movies. He's okay but, in um, The Gentleman. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's right in The Gentleman. It's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, there's a lot of Korean talent or just Asian actor talent that should have more of a... I imagine, like, if there was a... If they were somehow in an alternate universe, alternate universe if they were, like, an American actress, they would have a lot of um, recognition um, for their talents. Yeah, um, I don't but, know. I think maybe there's just not enough roles being written. I mean, Ken Watanabe has been in some pretty high-profile films as, like, yeah. a lead, uh, you know. Um, what's it called? Last Samurai? He's the, he's the, oh, he's yeah. the main guy in that, right? Inception? Does a lot of dying in Inception? <laughs> he, he's, he's a... He's a is somewhat Godzilla. of a main character, but he's, he's <laughs> never really like the lead, you know. Sure. I, I guess it, I guess it doesn't need to be, but like, yeah, I, I think it would be better. I don't know. Like, part of me wants, like, let's say, her to have like some really good recognition in the Western market because that would prove, like, yeah, man, like they've got a lot to offer. But also, like, I'd rather just see like her in Korean stuff because yeah, she's better yeah. in Korean movies, and I like. Korean movies more than American films these days anyway, so... Sure. And it's like like Song Kang-ho, one of like our favourite actors. and Yeah, just makes Korean movies. He just makes Korean yeah. films, and that's fine. Yeah, and Lee Byung-hun has just gone back to Korea as well. I think he's... No, he's yeah, yeah he's, he's doing a squid game. He's, he's <laughs> doing a squid game. He's, he's in... Um, uh, him and Song Kang Ho are in Emergency Declaration. Oh yeah, we gotta watch which, that um, film. Yeah, we gotta watch that. Yeah, can't believe that movie has slipped past us. Like, wait a minute, it's like <laughs> two of our favorite actors in yeah. one. Have they, movie, have they been like in a film before movie. together? No, yeah, obviously. Um, what's it called? The Good, the Bad, the Weird, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, Kim Ji Won fought them together. Yeah. So yeah, no, we I. I don't know much about that movie, but it's got those two together, so we got to give that a watch. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I got much more to say about Mona Lisa except that it's a very, very stylish film. It's a good, um, good watch. It's definitely gonna yeah. slip by you, but catch it, yeah. catch it somehow. <laughs> catch it yeah, on the when it comes to to streaming or whatever. Again, yeah, I'd be su- I'd be surprised if this episode doesn't do that well, but that's all right. I, I, I wanted to talk about this movie because I like it. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and that's I like, what I we're like the all director. about. We're all about giving yeah. a little bit, little bit more exposure 
to maybe these so, films that yeah. that might slip by people. Yeah. Uh, except for the yeah. times where we talk about Bling Empire. Bling Empire and Marvel. <laughs> I, don't yeah. know, I don't know who that's for. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know who brings that shit up all the time. You're still you're still you've abandoned <laughs> You've abandoned your Shang-Chi mug that I bought you <laughs> oh, like no. three times now. I'm sorry, Tommy. It's gone. I forgot. It's gone. It was in the Boone dishwasher. Has... <laughs> nah, Boone's claimed it now. Okay. It's his. Yeah, he'll, he'll it's, appreciate it's just it. That you, do you just secretly like not like Shang-Chi, Dan? No, I, I think it's the most important <laughs> do you, movie do you of last year. Do you, do, you think, do you think it's just... Uh, it's the inspiration <laughs> for this podcast, Tommy. One of my friends is just saying, it's just like... <laughs> Oh, I wonder if we, I wonder if we're gonna get in a little bit of trouble for saying this, but um, uh, me and a friend, we often say how Simulu is not really the most charismatic guy <laughs> on film. Yeah, and is it? And I is this a secret way of you saying that I actually don't like <laughs> Shang Chi and I don't want anything to do? You wouldn't even have him in the house because of That's how good he's my he's my favorite he superhero. Yeah, I yeah think, the one. <laughs> I think his I think his opinions are are valid. And <laughs> he, he speaks a lot to what I'm thinking a lot of the time, Tarpy. Why haven't you read his book yet, then? He's got a book? Yeah, man, he's got a book. See, you would know this, you know, if you were a real fan. What is, what is the book about? Is it about... I forgot what it's called. It's just about making it in Hollywood and, and then being an Asian. Not, not, not getting enough roles. Yeah. What's, what's, what's it called? Losing all we, his we... roles to Henry Golding. <laughs> It's called We Were Dreamers, okay. an immigrant superhero origin story. <laughs> so there you go, Dan. I'm I'll, sure I'll get that he for, wrote that himself. I'll buy it for, <laughs> for your Christmas gift. Yep, and I will forget it three times. And then <laughs> it will end up in Dune's hands. <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm I'm to get it delivered directly to your house. <laughs> and then you'll just leave it there. It's like, oh, hey, Mr. Dan, we've got a package for you. It's like, oh, what is it? And it's just like, you'll just see the Amazon package. And I just and leave it. It's like, oh, I'll just yeah, leave it just on leave the it. desk. Yeah, leave it on the oh, desk. Oh shit, Tommy, yeah. I forgot it. <laughs> get sent back just, to your just, house. Just, just, <laughs> just, I don't even get it. It's just somehow it's like, oh, why is it sent back to me? Uh, okay, now we got off the rails. Um, but yeah, go, go, go watch, go watch uh, Mona Lisa yeah. and the Blood what, Moon. What did you think of Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon if you saw it? Did um, our ramblings convince you to watch this film? It is a gem, so we would recommend yeah. watching it if you can. Um, have you seen any other Anna Lily Amapur films that we should check out? Let us know. You can get in touch with us at twoasianblokes at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group to part of the conversation, or you can follow us on Instagram at twoasianblokes to see what we're up to. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Yeah, go, go and support these films. Um, we don't need any more tentpole stuff, uh, as uh, Tarantino has said recently. What does Tarantino say? Uh, he said, like, this is the, this is, this is paraphrasing a bit. Uh, he's basically saying that this is the worst era of filmmaking. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. I did hear he was having a go at Marvel films, superhero yeah. films in general. Uh, every, every every like great director <laughs> recently has had a go at superhero films, <laughs> and and yeah, I, I agree with them. There's too many of them. But anyway, would you say Taika Waititi <laughs> is not a great director? Um, no, he's a good director. <laughs> he's a good director. There you go. He's a good director. <laughs> okay. All right, James Gunn, man. Let's let's <laughs> let's, let's end this before I go on another rant. Um, all right, see you um, later, guys. See you guys. Bye bye. <laughs>